good news mama welcome back to the podcast if you're new here please know that i am honored you would choose to spend your precious time listening i do not take that for granted as a busy mom of three little boys i know that time is my most valuable resource and if you're like me you want to use that time feeding on something that will build you up so on this podcast we laugh we cry we encourage and we speak the truth Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. It's why we're here. It's why we make it our aim on this podcast to point others to Jesus, the true source of life. My name is Lynn Carter. Beyond being a wife, mama, and child of God, I'm also a recovering perfectionist and your host on the Good News Mama podcast. Here, I help mamas grow their faith and families closer to Jesus, and I am so glad you're here. I'm so glad you're here and I hope that you enjoyed this episode. It's a quick live that I did on Instagram and it was just something God put on my heart and I felt like I should share it. So I hope you enjoy. Hey mamas. So excited to be able to share with you today. I wasn't planning on it, but God showed me something really awesome in his word and I thought, you know what, I could go live and tell them about it and record it to be able to go to the podcast where a lot of people can hear and benefit from it. So I mentioned earlier this year how I love this new Bible I got. It's a verse mapping Bible. I've never had one before, and I'd really underestimated the power of having margin to write uh, what God's telling me in the scripture as I'm reading his word. And so that has just like been blowing my mind since September when I got this Bible. Um, and I mentioned earlier this year also how God gave me the word behold for the new year and just wanting me to pay attention to what he's doing and to open my eyes and to see him and all that he's doing in the word and my life, all of it. And I was like, maybe I should help them see what he's showing me. So I was reading today in Mark chapter 16 or chapter 15, rather. Um, And it was the verse about after Jesus dies, like right as he gives his last breath, the curtain in the temple tore in two from top to bottom. That's from Mark 15, verse 38. And I've always loved that verse. I really never knew the significance of it until just a few years ago when I started looking into what that curtain was and what it represented. Um, And I do have another podcast episode about the curtain, and it's around Easter time. It's episode 51, if you want to go back and listen to that. But in this verse mapping Bible, it has this extra page to the side where you can write a verse that you want to map out, or it gives you verses already that you can map out. And it kind of helps you dig a little deeper and really focus in on what's happening in that verse and what God's doing before and after that verse and with the Hebrew and the Greek and that sort of thing. And so I wrote down that verse because I've always found it to be powerful, the truth that it holds and just mind blowing into what Jesus really did for us to break that dividing wall of sin and allow us to enter into God's presence because of his blood and his sacrifice. Um, And so I wrote the verse out and I wrote a couple of different translations of it because it uses a little different words. Um, In some versions, it calls it the veil. In other versions, it calls it the curtain. And this isn't like some piece of thin fabric that we put on our bed, like a sheet. It's literally like a four inch thick curtain veil. It was um, described as being blue and purple and scarlet and uh, finely twined linen, like a cunning work. It wasn't just kind of a a sheet that's separating a room from a room. And um, I always knew that 
that dividing wall, that barrier was significant because the priests could not even go into the Holy of Holies when they wanted to, right? The the head one, the head guy, the head priest, the high priest, most high priest, he was the one that was allowed to go once a year to sacrifice for all the people and all the sins. And today in this word, when I was researching again, just what power that verse has in it, that when Jesus died, immediately the curtain tore from top to bottom, right? So not bottom to top like a man can do it, but top to bottom and symbolizing Jesus breaking that barrier from us to God. And um, in one of the commentaries that I read, it was talking about how Jesus didn't just, that wasn't like the first thing that he did, that his whole ministry and his whole life was breaking down the barriers of the construct of the temple and just kind of how it was, um, had different parts to it, right? So if you look in your Bible or on the internet for a different picture of what this temple area looked like, there were different access levels, right? Like certain people couldn't go beyond a certain point. And so the first and outer one um, had the court of the Gentiles. And so that only, if you were a Gentile, you could not go into the temple. Only Jews could go into the temple. And then beyond a certain point, only men could go into the temple and not women. And so the court of the Gentiles, it this commentary shared how Jesus nullified that when he drew all men, all creatures, I mean, all, all nations to himself, not just the Jews. And then further on the court of the women, where he said in Galatians chapter three, that all were created men, women, slave and free. They were all created equal in God's sight. And then the priestly courts were beyond that, where just the priest could enter. And then Jesus showed us how he consecrated all people to be a royal priesthood, all believers in the faith. And that was in First Peter chapter 2. And it just, and then from there, the curtain, he tore the veil, he tore the curtain, or it was torn rather when he sacrificed his body for us. And I was like, man, that is like the one that sticks out the most. But all through his life, he was breaking down all these barriers. And I know when God's shown me in his word, one thing he'll like show me again in a lot of other places. And he did earlier this year, just showing me, just how powerful he is and how he's breaking down the societal norms and turning things up on its head. And he was basically putting the Jewish leaders and the priests in their place when he was making their, their position null and void. Like you didn't have to go to a person anymore. You could go directly to God through Jesus. And that to me just blew my mind because no longer were like lepers outcasts and the demon possessed shunned and looked down on everything. They were completely changed by the power of Jesus. And again, it shows there how, Jesus just said, you know what, you think you've made this nice temple, you think you've made all these nice positions and people have to follow a certain way. Well, I'm the new thing. I'm the new way and I'm the access to the Father. And um, and it just it reminded me again, I wanted to share this other resource for you if you are considering trying to teach your children about the Bible and about Easter and just what that means. Um, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, I heard another fellow podcaster. Her name's Amber Cullum. She has the Grace Enough podcast, and she mentioned this resource. It's called The Garden, The Curtain, and The Cross. And I could kind of share with my kids in one big picture, whole picture story, what happened in the beginning, why we messed up, and what Jesus had to do, and about his resurrection at the end. And so that was just a really awesome resource, too, that I thought you guys could use, because I want you to be able to grow your faith and grow your families closer to Jesus. There is nothing in this world that will matter more than that. And as a mama who wants her children to have the very best of everything, like I know all mamas are, um, you just sometimes forget the importance of that when you're staring at all these distractions and all these things that need to get done. But one thing that's really blessed my spirit lately 
um, when I'm trying to teach my children about God and about praying and about the word is right after prayers at night, I have just, and I'm, I've asked my husband to commit to this too, whenever he's riding the car with them or taking them to school, just having them practice their Bible verses and the word. I don't know if you guys grew up in church. I don't know your history, but I did. And that was something that we did. Um, in fact, we every Sunday had this little children's church time where um, we would have a little devotion and all the kids would get up and try to say a Bible verse that they memorized. And it was just something that was imprinted in my memory and my soul and part of my upbringing that I remembered. And I've been working on that with our boys lately, um, trying to memorize Psalm 23. And my mom came to visit us yesterday and I said, do you remember us memorizing verses on the way to church, like frantically, like what verse can I memorize <laughs> for church? But I still remember those verses, not all of them and where they are, but God will bring them to my mind sometimes. And I'll go back and look for them because they're in there. Like I, I know that he has put them on my heart. And that's what I want my children to have. They might not know exactly where that scripture is from. They might not know how to speak it exactly like it's written in the word, but they'll know the truth behind it and the power that it holds. So when they're in the trial in their life and they're dealing with things that they've never faced before, that's what's going to come to them. That's my prayer anyway, is that God's word would be real in their heart and in their life and the Holy Spirit would make himself known to them because that is the, the only driving force that matters in our lives. And some, so many other things tell us otherwise. But if they get anything from me, I want them to get that. And so um, I just laughed with my mom yesterday thinking about how many times I was just like, oh, okay, which one am I going to memorize? Okay, I can do this. And um, and we all kind of had our go-to. Like, we couldn't remember our verse. We all said Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. April, I see you watching. I know you're laughing because we all did this. Genesis 1-1. And it just it made us feel good to know the word and to be able to say it. And, um, and right now, like I said, we're working on Psalm 23 and that's the passage about the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And that's Psalm 23. And you would be surprised that my five-year-old and my seven-year-old know that we're right up into the last verse. Um, and that's like six or seven verses right there. And my three-year-old knows the first two of them. And we me, I'm saying we, but me, underestimate my children and what they're capable of. And they can memorize and say all these verses from all these different movies. They can remember the craziest things and draw the, the craziest similarities. Just 30 minutes ago, I heard my son from the other room say, hey, the Grinch's dog, his name is Max, and so is Katie's dog on The Secret Life of Pets, too. And I'm like, okay, like you're, <laughs> you're paying attention to a lot of things, and I'm not giving you credit. And I want you to have the things in your heart and your life that matter. So um, I just wanted to encourage you in that because God showed me this awesome thing about the curtain that I've read and I've known and has changed me years past. And he showed me something even more from it because I was looking for it. I was trying to pay attention to what he was showing me and to behold him. And and that's what I wanted to do is just share that with you today and hope that it can encourage you to just pick a verse from the Bible and just teach it to your children. Have them say it after supper time. Have it say it right after prayers before bed. Um, and don't think that my kids are like, the Lord is my shepherd, I, you know, and they, sometimes they're like, and sometimes they're like, the Lord is my shepherd into their pillow, but they know it and they're getting it. And so even if it's not as perfect as we want it to be, um, I'm trying to train my children. And I think that as parents, sometimes we rely on the school system or the Sunday school teacher or um, even other 
um, family members to show and teach and tell them things like we've been told and taught, but we are the greatest influence in our children's lives. And for us to be able to have that authority and that um, relationship with them at a young age and be able to teach them in that and grow with them. And that's just going to speak volumes. You know, um, another thing that I've been convicted of lately, and my husband and I started doing it this year, we just started going back to church recently. Um, but we said we wanted to have our kids in the worship service with us and experience corporate worship and men and women coming together as a body of believers and worshiping and honoring the one true true God and not just coming into church and going straight to a children's church, but to actually be with us as a family and to be doing this together, that God is greater than mommy and daddy. God is greater than um, just praying at the dinner table. God is greater than our prayers that we say on the way to school or anything like that. Like he is worthy to be praised and he is huge and he's so much bigger than this room and bigger than life and, um, and to try to get that into them. And this morning, one out of three made it and it was the youngest one. The other one had to be taken out because he was upset and crying and the other one wanted to go after the worship to the his children's classroom. And that's okay. Like, I just want to say, if you're in that situation and you've got young kids and it's all going to pot because <laughs> you've tried your best and it's like, God, I'm really trying here. It's not really working out. That is okay. Like, give yourself some grace and say, we'll try again next time. Don't, you know, don't shame your kids because they're having a hard time sitting still or they're jittery or, you know, whatever. Just tell them, you know what? I think we have some things to work on. We'll do this again next week and try it again. But this is why we do it. This is why it's important. This is why we're praying. Even as I'm teaching my children about Psalm 23, I'm trying to, to help them visualize what's happening in the passage, not just memorizing, memorizing the words, because I want them to envision like he gives me that peace. He leads me beside still waters. And even though I'm going through a scary place, he's with me. He's comforting me. Um, he can sit me down in front of these people that don't like me and don't know me because he is all powerful and he is here and, and loving me and um, he's going to work things for my good even when I don't understand it and I'm scared to death because I don't trust these people in front of me or whatever scenario you think of when you think of um, your enemies coming before you like that and about God choosing you and anointing your head with oil like he did with David and I shared about David which of course they know about the slingshot and the stones and all that and David and Goliath and so to try to make those things click for them and help them understand like it's not it doesn't have to be perfect, but every little bit that you can give them and every little bit they can remember is going to stay with them. And the Bible tells us that if you train a child in the way he should go, he will not depart from it. And so um, it just troubles my spirit to know what our youth and our teens and everybody's going through right now with, with this pandemic. I'm a physical therapist. I have patients I see that are terrified to leave their homes. They've been in their homes for two years. They are scared of this virus that's going around. And I wasn't really planning on talking about this, but I feel like the just the mental state of our country and of our families and our homes and everything, it's just, it's so, um, like it has this weight of heaviness on it. It has this, this lack of understanding, this fear, this anything that the enemy would use to just undercut and undermine what Jesus is doing. He's going to do it. He's going to use it. Um, and so I just wanted to encourage you that it doesn't have to be that way, that Jesus is our shepherd, that he will guide us in peace and truth. And his word tells us that. So if you're not getting in the word or you haven't lately, just open it up and ask God to show you one thing, just one thing from one verse. Literally, if it's like I just showed you with that verse mapping Bible, because really, I think I've read maybe three verses today around that, but I just sat with that verse and I was like, God, what are you trying to show me with this? What have I been missing? And and then you're just, after he does it, you're like, oh, thank you, God. Like, I know that you wanted to give me that. 
let me prioritize this time to get in front of you so that you can do it again, so that I can be filled again with you, so that I can get out all the crap and all the stuff that this world is just bombarding me with and put truth back inside my spirit so that when I am attacked, I can go, because I got that word in me and I know that I can fight back with that word and with that truth and it can combat everything that's trying to overtake my mind. And you might look at people on Instagram and you might look at people in your church or in your school or in your job and think, man, they've got it together. Man, they know what's going on. And the truth is we all struggle with this. Every single one of us has a hard time at some point in our life and doubting something. Like, and I even, I caught myself on the way home from church, y'all, the way home from church. And do you want to know what it was? <laughs> it was the dumbest thing. But I was just like, God, thank you for making me aware of that. Because even in our marriages, God will try, I mean, not God, but Satan will try to mess us up and do anything to divide us from our spouse, right? Like, here's the example for this. And then I'll get off and let y'all enjoy your afternoon. I cooked last night when my parents came. Okay, number one, I will first admit, I am not a good cook. I do not like to cook. I do not like to grocery shop. I do not like anything around it. But God made it that we all have to eat multiple times a day. So I suck it up and I do it. And so last night, I cooked a roast and potatoes and carrots and onions. It wasn't the best, but it was food and it worked. And I was like, man, that'll work as another meal. My husband did not put up the leftovers, y'all. Okay, he said he was going to. I thought he was. He didn't. Honest mistake. You know what is still in the back of my mind on the way home when I know I'm going to have to feed all these children? It's, man, we could have had one more meal. He had just put that up in the refrigerator. And then I was like, you know what? He always remembers the things that matter to him. And he'll always do, you know, he has a hard time remembering, but if it was something he cared about, he'd remember it. And then I was like, stop. No way. On the way home from church, Satan is trying to attack me in my marriage right there. And put my husband down and not give him the benefit of the doubt. Like he worked yesterday. He worked all day yesterday on a Saturday. Was my mind thinking of that? Was my heart thinking of that? No, it was thinking about, well, now I have to cook. Now I have to do this because he didn't. And it was just like, I just had to immediately thank God for showing me like, whoa, this is not, this is not truth. Stop, stop doing this in your head. Immediately stop this. And those are the little things that I feel like God wants to speak to us and is trying to. But sometimes if we don't take the time to get into this and into this word, he will hijack our joy. He will hijack our relationships. He will turn things against us that were meant for good, but that he's just kind of wiggled his way in there to try to cause a division. And that's exactly what he did in the garden. And that's what he still does today. He is a deceiver. And so I know I've said a lot of different things today, but my heart behind all of this is get in the word. You get in the Word, get your family in the Word, and ask God for the things that He wants to show you and let Him change you and ask Him to show it in your day-to-day, even if you don't understand what that Word means. Say, God, I know you showed me this verse. I still don't understand it. I'm going to read it again. I'm going to trust you again, and I pray when I do need it that you show me what it means Um, because that happens all the time. I'll sit down and I'll go, I I have no idea what that means. Uh, Next. And then I'll read the next thing, and I'll, I'll sit there and say, Gosh, I read that before, but I didn't see this in it last time. And so just trust God for that when you do come before Him and make it a priority. And, you know, if anything, just seeing me come here and try to, to share you with you the words that God shared with me, hopefully that would just encourage you like, man, I need to get in my word today. Yes, I went to church. Yes, I heard from the preacher a word today, but I want to get in the word and experience firsthand what God's done for me, not just something somebody else has um, heard from God or of devotion that somebody else is trying to teach me, but literally in God's word. And so anyway, I hope this isn't just been a bunch of rambling for you, but um, it definitely is something that I feel like we could all be more aware of and ask God to guide us in that area in our lives. So, okay, I'll pray and then let you guys go. 
God, thank you so much for the women listening to this that um, took the time to press play on this video and just hear my heart. God, I know that sometimes we live distracted, we live dazed, we live confused, and we're just getting by. But we know that your word tells us otherwise, and that the truth that you've given us empowers us, it emboldens us in our faith, it changes lives, it changes our hearts and our families and our homes. And I just pray for the mama right now that's struggling, that needs that word, that doesn't really understand or know where to start, God. I pray you would just, um, just give her the desire, first off, to just come to know you and draw closer to you because your word tells us that when we draw near to you, you draw near to us. And um, I just thank you so much for that truth. And I just lift them up to you and just pray sincerely for their hearts and their families and their faith and their home. And I ask God that you would give them divine wisdom and direction in the, the areas that they need it, the things that they're coming to you for. Lord, I just pray you'd speak to them, that they would hear that and receive that, and that they would be paying attention to what you're trying to show them. God, I lift up to you this time and just pray it be for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, friend, have a great time with your family.